From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. When food delivery platform Swiggy released statistics about what Indians ordered the most in 2021, most food items were on expected lines. Chicken biryani for the 6th year was on top across cities. Delhi stuck to dal makhani while Mumbai guarded its pav bhaji. But there were some surprises too, like the very North Indian paneer butter masala finding itself in the delivery carts of Bengaluru and Chennai residents. There were also the mysterious outliers that sparked city shaming on social media. like the fact that three vegetarian products of mcdonald's featured in delhi's list of five favorite dishes but to anurag katriar who's a trustee at the national restaurant association of india and a founder of indigo hospitality it's not much of a surprise that an international fast food chain topped the list when the pandemic hit out one of the biggest concerns in the mind of people while consuming food was hygiene and safety and that is where established brands like mcdonald or domino's or somebody stood a better chance even if i didn't care much for the product i knew that being international companies that they are they will surely have certain amount of uh, you know uh, uh, sanctity of hygiene and safety etc so i ordered from them and that explains why mcdonald saw surge because it's an international brand people know that they are very strict on their quality control and their hygiene control and that's why the orders went up to me it's like this if i have if i have a young child at home and i want to order a pizza i have two option let's say there is uncle's kitchen round the corner and a dominos now i may love uncle's kitchen but at that point of time i'll be better off calling from dominos because i know they will follow safety standards at least you know optically it seems they will follow it better than an uncle's kitchen Vikram Doctor, arguably one of India's best-known food writers, also wasn't very surprised by the fact that chicken biryani topped lists again. But while speaking to my colleague Jairaj Singh, he explained what he finds worrying about the rise of chicken biryani. He also explains other aspects of the delivery data that he finds particularly worrying, and how the delivery of food is changing a truly Indian meal. We've already known from the last few years, even pre-pandemic, that biryani was topping. the list of the most ordered things and that trend has just gone gone even further and it's easy to see why it's a it's a cheap everything all in one meal i mean biryani is like the one indian food that's sort of made for take out and uh, home delivery so it's no surprise that that has uh, you know continued to be big i mean samosas uh, topping the list well i mean indians love samosas what to say about it it was the, the deliveries of vegetables for instance were interesting and also what is not showing So, for instance, what is not showing is fruits except bananas, um, and to me that is significant. Fruits have a reputation of being an elite food, except for bananas. Bananas are like the fruits of like every everybody, and you know this is a problem because you know fruits are really an ideal food. We should be eating more 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 fruits. We get a range of nutrients from fruits. Fruits tend to be things that you know consumers pick out for themselves. Now, if you're not getting in the habit. of regularly going out to your local fruit wala or your local mandi and picking out 1 kilo of apples and things like that that habit is is just going to fall out of your lives and to me what was a bit distressing about the swiggy sort of figures is to show that if anything the pandemic and this uh, turn towards delivery at, uh, of, uh, of food at home is going to make this our lack of eating of fruits uh, even stronger i wanted to um, just develop one 
a little bit on um, the biryani which seems to be the most ordered dish for the last 6 years right could you could you tell us a little bit about this biryani which biryani is a dish that has been steadily growing i mean it was always sort of popular but it was a sort of marriage and special occasion dish so it always had the aura of being you know something slightly special and actually the biggest driver of biryani pre pandemic was actually politics because especially you know in south india uh, i i mean i i grew up in 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 tamil nadu so there the equation is very clear that you know any big political rally uh, is fun is driven on packets of biryani i mean there's a whole range of caterers who later launched restaurants in tamil nadu who grew up basically uh, supplying uh, biryani for for political rallies so it's very easy to see how this has transitioned from politics to pandemics and uh, biryani has just ended up being this this perfect home food but it's the same time it's kind of being also vilified no um, if you see in the last few years for instance there is a sort of tendency to link uh, biryani to one particular community but you know i i i think uh, the, the 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 swiggy figures show that uh, you know uh, when it comes to biryani uh, people aren't really going to listen to like uh, 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 politics and they eat vegetable biryani they eat chicken biryani this is a problem the, the the huge rise of chicken biryani this growth of chicken biryani is linked to the growth of chicken as a very cheap protein uh, you know due to uh, due to this mass broiler farms and again this is something you know i think is in the long run is problematic broiler chicken is an extremely unhealthy product it is uh, it is it is packed full of antibiotics people often don't understand why they think the antibiotics are to prevent the infections that come with so many chickens are cooped up together which is true the thing is in the 1950s in the us people discovered that antibiotics fed in a very uh, huge amounts uh, to to chicks help them grow really fast and the net result is that a broiler chicken is harvested at something like 7 to 8 weeks okay which is less than the growing time of most vegetables and uh, these are it is an extremely unhealthy meat it's causing antibiotic resistance it's uh, the environmental consequences are really bad the animal cruelty is horrible uh, but it's cheap as you can see it's being eaten in 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 biryani for an earlier generation you know eating out was reserved for sort of special occasions there were always a question of casteism as well about who's cooking your right, food right right um do you think that delivery this delivery culture especially in small towns has shifted mindsets i mean we keep hearing stories you know of people who who want a delivery boy from a particular community and you know objecting to to who's actually giving the food the, the existence of those stories show that some mindsets have not have not changed but in a sense i mean uh, you know the, the delivery gives you the illusion of like a safe a hygienic uh, you know sealed away package uh, i mean it's it's actually an illusion because if you want to experience you know things look at things too closely you know nothing is going to be as hermetically sealed as you like to imagine but in a sense a lot of the way we deal with issues of caste and uh, eating taboos is really about the appearance of things delivery has sort of perfected the idea of it being sealed and easy to eat and you know untouched by human hands which it's not of course but you know it's the illusion that matters is it changing the way our diet goes because now you can also order one particular dish to sort of supplement to what you're already cooking do you see people mixing and matching what is not being helped by delivery is is the is the traditional indian thali meal because that is just too complicated to to uh, do during delivery and you know it's easy for us to forget but the thali meal was actually central to indian to indian food you would get this one plate with many little things 
uh, on it and then everybody mixes and matches to their taste and then you can order you can get a little bit more of your food etc now i'm not for a minute suggesting that thalis are going to disappear but in a sense the thalis are the opposite of biryanis i mean biryani is everything together easy to eat in one sealed package thalis are many small things which you are which you have to like be served and the thali meal i can see is really being affected uh by uh, uh you know by, by delivery you, you just can't i mean i actually i think for onam tried on ordering an onam sadia from somebody in goa and it was like a nightmare like we ended up with a table full of like uh, you know, plastic boxes which is like uh, a, a real nightmare we are moving away from the indian habit of many small things uh, served uh, uh, you know at one meal and then we each take as much of what we like to the fact that is now like here one is your whole meal all together i wanted to um, ask you about sort of this larger concerns about um, dietary concerns which ordering in brings the larger problem is the problem that we that is now become a huge problem in the west that people are stopped are stopping cooking uh, they they they're stopping you know actually making food, uh, food at home uh, themselves and you know there are positives to this because the the labor of cooking was unequally distributed it it overwhelmingly fell on women but if the net result is that everybody stops cooking and we delegate our cooking outside that is a real problem because we are losing that connection between food because you know when you are getting everything prepared for you you have very little idea what has gone into it more more than more than having little little idea between what's gone to you're losing your connection with food you're losing the experience of going out shopping buying food and this distancing of ourselves from food is a real problem because bit by bit we lose that real experience of food we lose the engagement with food and we just shift to accepting processed foods with all the problems uh, that that come with it as the possibility of a third wave of covid-19 becomes imminent anurag katriar who you heard earlier in the show is hoping it won't cause a disruption in the eating out business anurag says nearly 30% of india's restaurants shut down due to the pandemic and the longer people can't eat out the worse it will get for the industry i started by asking him the major changes he's seen during this period that will continue well after this wave of cases falls one of the big changes i definitely see from consumer perspective that you know in india we are used to being overserviced in the restaurant if you lift your head up and you don't find a waiter you say service is poor whereas if you go to a european country you have to wait for a chance two people probably run a restaurant of 50 seater themselves and you wait for a chance this is one change that is going to come for sure in india where service expectations will have to be moderated a bit we we need to reduce our fixed operating costs and manpower is a very key part of it i think the social distancing norms of the tables will continue to hold uh, true for some more time now it may not remain 1 meter as the case is today but it may not even become like you know chocker block next to each other anytime soon i think menus will get shortened and i think menus will get more specialized as we go as far as dining in is concerned i think delivery is here to stay home chefs uh, the good ones will continue to flourish unless they lose their interest what are the biggest changes the restaurant industry has been seeing since this pandemic began in a sense at the expense of sounding a little critical about everything i think we have been pretty much singled out for the harshest treatment during the pandemic 
And I say that for several reasons. We were the first ones to be shut down, one of the last ones to be allowed to reopen. Ever since the unlock one started, we are operating with 50% capacity. Then we are working with timing restrictions. Some of these things are bereft of any logic. If only double vaccinated are coming, why do I need to have only 50% capacity utilization? And if it is only 50% capacity utilization, then what difference does it make whether the restaurant is operational till 9 p.m. or 2 a.m.? These are the things which are, which are making a huge uh, adverse impact on the industry. See, as far as now coming specifically to New Year's and Christmas, now this is by far the best time that the FNB industry sees. This one week probably accounts for 5% of your annual sale. And we were hoping last year as well as this year that the positive sentiments that will come with uh, this Christmas and New Year weekend will actually boost the long-term consumption in the sector. But unfortunately, now the curves have come again and curves are like night curfews to, you know, restaurants. I mean, if Delhi is shutting down restaurants at 10 p.m., who is going to step out on the New Year's Eve? I feel uh, government could have made us a little more, uh, you know, a little more active partners in decision making. And we could have come with uh, some more, if I may say, uh, practical solutions to these problems. It's almost like a perfect setting for the virus also to spread a closed restaurant. So wouldn't have restaurants changed how they exist in that sort of physical space? I look at it a little differently. Uh, if uh, unregulated marketplaces can be allowed to operate, then why not a regulated environment of a restaurant be allowed to operate normally? I mean, why is Saroji Nagar and Crawford Market great uh, to have where people are like rubbing shoulder to shoulder, neck to neck, and a restaurant where you have 50% capacity utilization is considered a danger. We restauranteurs are resilient people. We have brought about whatever changes we needed to bring, which means uh, we are working with lesser number of people. We have reduced our offerings at the restaurant in lots of places. Uh, uh, we are now hoping the service expectations of people go down a bit because you obviously cannot work with full expenses and half income. It is, it is a recipe for disaster, a recipe for death. You also mentioned reduction of menu. Uh, doesn't that fundamentally change that eating out experience in a sense? For every new thing that you produce, you need people. You may have something which is a signature dish of yours, but sells only few a day. And, and you need to keep two people for that. It's not worth your while. Because from a pandemic perspective, I can't have a very packed kitchen as well. I need to have lesser number of people. Now, with lesser number of people, you need to reduce the workload. Reducing workload can only come if you amend your menu. As simple as that. However, the focus on delivery has also forced eateries to change what they offer to customers. Anurag explains how a chain like Indigo has adapted to be on a delivery platform and why a lot of what you find on an aggregator you might not find on a restaurant's menu if you go there to eat. There are two different things when you go out for dining and when you call in food. Obviously, certain uh, food in the niche sector will not travel well. No food travels well, but some food are still palatable and some don't remain palatable from an experienced perspective. But I wouldn't change my menu to suit a delivery narrative because delivery can never substitute my restaurant business. I started a fresh brand called Platform 7 by Indigo, which, was, which is only about deliveries. So these are delivery and takeaway kitchens. 
with the way the uh, commercials work out with the aggregators, one single kitchen with one single brand may not become very profitable in most cases. That's why people use the same kitchen for multiple brands because there is market for everything. Anurag says that another aspect that has suffered thanks to the pandemic is the dreams of many young Indian chefs of exploring local cuisines in restaurants. Just before the pandemic, that lots of our young chefs were getting lots of inspiration from regional Indian food and they were trying to play around with it. Whether you saw a Bori Muslim food or a Bihari food or a Northeast food, I think that has taken a bit of a backseat because of the challenges uh, thrown by the pandemic. And I think uh, that will take some more time to come back with the pandemic and all the restrictions. These chefs, if somebody wanted to really learn how Sikkimese food comes through, he needs to, he or she needs to spend time in Sikkim. With the pandemic, that was not possible. And also with the turmoil in the business, I think uh, investment into a new idea is also a little muted. Vikram Doctor says that's also a problem with the growing importance of delivery platforms. While there is a certain amount of variety, it will finally only cater to what's familiar and popular. And that means our palates are the poorer for it. Things are sort of a bit scared of trying out new foods. And typically the way we have, we have experienced new foods is in the company of friends or, you know, for going to festivals for somebody else's house or going to somebody from a different community's wedding. I mean, there is a sort of communal aspect to trying out new foods to trying out new food experiences. And I really wonder if sitting at home, are we really going to do that? How many of us have tried foods from, you know, people's dabas in offices? And if we're not going to offices at all, how are we going to, you know, experience like other, other people's foods? Today's episode is produced by Jairad Singh, Arun George and Sunay Marathi. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.